0: And uh, Welcome back to another edition of uh, Back to Jerusalem podcast. I am Eugene Bach, your host for today, and we are coming to you live on delay uh, from somewhere within the borders of Iraq today. Uh, I actually have the special privilege of traveling together with one of my good friends, uh, a pastor from China, and uh, we are in a car. Uh, traveling along the road, right along the ISIS border. So we are traveling uh, from the eastern part of Iraq to the western part of Iraq. Um, we are just north of the ISIS border, traveling along, uh, going to the place where the Chinese are serving. Um, I do not have a translator with me uh, today, so I will have to be both uh, your host as well as the translator. So, um, uh, Right now, I just asked him, about how many people does he think that uh, are wanting to come to Iraq? 再来六个, 十个人, uh, so he believes that there's about 6 to 10 people that have a heart to come here. 对, so he believes that they, they have a calling to come here. So just need a to 第一次。離去的怎麼樣? 非常好。this is his first time coming to this area. Um, he's never been to Iraq before. Uh, he's already been to Basra, Baghdad, um, and now he's up in the northern part of, uh, of
1: Iraq. Uh, uh
0: so, Many of the people that are coming, the back-to-Jerusalem missionaries, they are doing uh, agricultural projects.
1: Uh uh uh
0: Their main focus, the main goal of the Chinese believers uh, that are coming here is to share the good news of Jesus Christ.
1: 现在他们服侍奔地人还是 还有那些儿童, uh,
0: he says that from the very first day that we were given the, the introduction, we have had a vision to come and serve in this area, to come and serve those that uh, have been hit hardest, especially the, the young ladies like the um, uh, ISIS sex slaves. Uh, those are the ones that the Chinese are are here to serve. The pastor that I'm traveling together with, he's a pastor of about uh, five, six million believers inside of China, so not really a small church. And their goal is to come here to help those that have been hit hardest by ISIS. So the Chinese are here during a time where the need is the greatest it's really ever been in the recent history of this area of northern Iraq. This is a Kurdish region that we're traveling in. We've uh, been able to do a couple interviews since we've been up here on this trip. I'm usually here about once every month and once every six weeks. Uh, About And uh, every time I come, I just continue to see the amazing work that the Back to Jerusalem missionaries from China are able to do. The way that they're able to help in some of the most unique situations. Now think about this for a minute. The Chinese that are coming here... They're not living in um, uh, the nicer hotels that are closer by. Actually, the village that they're living in doesn't have a hotel uh, that's within a 30, 40-minute drive. So they're actually living in the refugee village. They have uh, found a home uh, that they are, have uh, rented it's right smack dab in the middle of where the refugees are living. So to uh, the front, to the back, to the uh, both sides are neighbors that are refugees. So they are living together with the refugees. Um, they have, uh, when he says, when when the pastor here talks about agriculture, or the Chinese are serving in agriculture, um, they have planted uh, crops. They are using aquaponics. Uh, for those of you that are not familiar with ocupo- oc- aquaponics, aquaponics is a system that uh, uses uh, fish. Uh, so the, the fish that are swimming around in a uh, fish pond or a, um, a cistern or a – what we are using is barrels. Uh, so what we've been able to do is use barrels that act as these uh, – uh, Fish aquariums or ponds or holders, and the water then flows out from there uh, from the fish when the fish uh, use the restroom or living day to day life. All of the fish waste um, goes into the water. The water then flows out of those fish tanks um, into uh, areas that we have rock beds. So, because the soil here is not that fertile. We've been able to take rocks and make rock beds where we can plant vegetables. The wastewater from the fish tanks flows then into the rock beds. Uh, the rocks act as a um, filtering device that cleans the water... Uh, so that the water can then be recycled back to the fish and clean clean water goes back into the fish tanks. But also the, the the dirty water that is being filtered by the rocks is also being soaked up. So all that nutrients that is in the wastewater of the fish, that it becomes toxic for the fish, becomes food for the vegetables. So we're able to grow several different types of vegetables. In this area right now, we're actually growing chilies. So we're growing our own chili pepper. Uh, in the area, that doesn't sound like uh, a very big deal, but it provides flavoring and and um, uh, things that people need for doing the cooking uh, in the village. We're also growing several different vegetables, um, potatoes and carrots and those kind of things, as well as chickens. So we have a chicken farm. Um, right now, the goal is, and one of the reasons why pa- the pastor from China has come, has come here, is because he runs a farm in southern China, a pretty large farm, where they grow almost everything uh, on that farm. Uh, they have goats, they have chickens, they have geese, they have ducks, um, they, uh, they're, they're growing, um, uh, passion fruit, dragon fruit, they have, um, a vineyard, they have olive trees, they have uh, bee colonies so they're able to make their own honey. Um, They also grow roots that are used in Chinese medicine um, that actually go for a pretty hefty price. So the school that this pastor that I'm traveling together with has um, started in southern China does not need one penny from foreigners. Now we've worked together and helped get it started, but the truth is is that because of the income that they're able to generate from the farm on a regular basis, uh, they are able to support the Bible school that goes on as well as bring in funding uh, to continually invite more and more students into uh, the Bible school and every Bible student works at the farm. Just to give you an estimate of uh, what a, a day looks like or to uh, give you a little bit of an inter- of what a normal day looks like at their at their farm school. Imagine this: the the students that the pastor that I'm traveling together with, when they attend his school, you'll hear the beeping and some of the background noises. We are stopping to get gas uh, along the way. Um, but as the students show up to his school in order to um, attend the Bible school, they also have to work at the farm. And just to look into their daily lives, they are uh, waking up every morning four thirty a.m. Going to prayer at five. That's the normal thing in China. As they pray, f- they, they pray at five. Um, so
1: morning
0: 差不多六 so about six thirty um, they they stop the prayer so they start at five o'clock in the morning and they pray until six thirty
1: 六点半以后就开始那些种菜的养鸡的养羊的羊兔子的养鱼的帮助做食物给他们然后后就开始吃早餐。
0: uh, so then they start to work on um, gathering the vegetables, the eggs for the morning, because they have so many
1: chickens.
0: So they have about uh more than a thousand fish uh more than about eight hundred uh tabida uh, so they have about uh, eight hundred uh chickens um, they have a couple hundred um geese and ducks and um, uh, they also have goats on the farm uh so
1: okay
0: so six thirty they that's when they start preparing everything. 7:30吃饭. About 7.30, they begin to eat.
1: Uh,
0: then after that, then they, they start to uh, rest and get ready for their studies. And then um, from about uh, 9 o'clock, 9.30 until noontime, they are doing their, their studies. So they, that's when they start their Bible study.
1: Han Sheridan Shuanshan And then about twelve
0: they come together for their lunch. They have, uh, a short break time where they could eat their lunch and also relax. And then they go out to the fields and they begin to work in the fields. And uh, they work in the fields, so, uh,
1: So
0: they have about two hours of uh, study. And then two hours of working in the fields uh, in the afternoon. Uh, two and a half hours depends depends on what their job is and what
1: what they're doing.
0: Uh, and they're doing many different things. They're planting seeds. They're cultivating the fields. They're working with the, the, the goats. Uh, they're working in the ponds. Uh, they have a, they have basically an aquaponics system set up on a large scale. So when he says they have a thousand fish, they, what they've done is they've built a pretty uh, sizable pond, um, where they have different types of fish, and then those fish, the, the water from the fish actually then goes into the fields, irrigated into the fields, to, um uh, provide water nutrients uh, for the plants that they've they've planted. But they've done the same thing here on a smaller scale, on a more controlled scale um, in uh, northern Iraq where they've started an aquaponics unit. We have four Chinese uh, back-to-Jerusalem missionaries that are um, running this aquaponics unit uh, on the property that is, uh, serving the needs of the refugees and, the aquaponics that they started basically has fish tanks that feed into rock beds, the wastewater from the fish tanks feed the vegetables in the rock beds, the rock beds clean the water and then filter the water back to the fish and, uh, they are able to grow fish, which is not a, um, common source of protein for the northern Iraqi Kurdish people. So the Chinese are introducing fish into their diet as well as different vegetables. And that has been a huge blessing for the people here, especially for the refugees that need to bring in food on a regular basis. So they're bringing in food that mainly comes from Turkey, used to come in from Syria, but obviously Syria is not providing the, the, the food for northern Iraq any longer. So the food for the most part is coming in from Turkey. Uh and the food is not cheap. So this is pre- presenting a huge problem for the locals here that want to be able to provide food for their families but are not able to afford it. So not only are the Chinese able to grow food locally and provide it for much much cheaper, but they're also able to train the locals on how to do it, how to do the aquaponic system and how to start their own farms, how to raise their own chickens. They've already given out chickens. Um from the place here in northern Iraq. So they've been able to grow chickens, and um, they are um, producing eggs every single day and giving those out. Um, not in large number yet, but that's growing. And so the idea is to grow that in a sustainable way um, and not just where it's all relying on the Chinese. The goal would be that it can grow in a sustainable way, but also the Iraqis are a part of that growth process. You know, when Saddam Hussein took over in this part of um, of Iraq, he basically killed farming, uh, forced the people to move into the cities, held them in those cities by um, threat of force. And uh, in a short amount of time, very few people in the country knew how to farm. So he's basically killed farming for a huge part of the generation that is living in northern Iraq today. So not only is this a war-torn area, it's also an area that is uh, dependent on bringing in goods, agriculture goods, from other countries. Because they just don't have their own sustainable farming system. The Chinese are changing that. And that has been one of the uh, beautiful things about partnering with the Chinese uh, in this area. I'm excited to be traveling to the camp where the refugees are at uh, to introduce uh, the pastor. I don't want to give his name um, on um, this podcast. But uh, he has been working together with us for uh, many years. He's one of my best friends. And uh, he is the pastor that is in charge of the Chinese team that is here. The Chinese team answers to him. So he's in constant connection with them back in China, coordinating uh, additional missionaries that plan to come and serve in this region. Um, as we're traveling, I'm giving him an introduction to the area uh, that I've been working in for over a year. And uh, also, we can see off to the left side of the car uh, that we're driving in, uh area that has been taken over by ISIS, and on the right side, uh, areas that are facing towards Turkey. And we are driving through towns that have been basically abandoned. Uh, They were attacked by ISIS. They were controlled by ISIS. But then the Kurds came in and liberated those towns from ISIS and drove ISIS out. So while the Americans and the international forces that are supporting Baghdad down in the south are having a problem with ISIS, we really believe that the um, Kurds have been blessed by God in this area to fight ISIS with very few resources, actually. I mean, the West has not provided very much support for the Kurdish people in the North. For the life of me, I cannot understand why. I really can't. I've written a book about the situation here in ISIS. You can get that on backtojerusalem.com um, It uh, talks about the situation from the ground. So the book was not written in a cubicle in Manhattan or London. Uh, it was written for the majority of the book actually wrote it here on the ground with the people in Iraq and Syria. Um, but for the life of me, I cannot understand why we are not supporting the Kurdish people with everything that we can give them. Because they have been an amazing support for the Christians in uh, northern Iraq as well as the Yazidi people. They've provided security. They have fought... Um, tooth and nail with the, the ISIS people. They, the ISIS has been and actually supplied by uh, American military equipment and the Kurds have not. They have old outdated uh, weapon systems uh, using their own vehicles. Many of the, the Kurdish fighters are fighting without pay using ammunition and weapons from uh, a, a, an era long ago and still with tenacity able to fight off the ISIS uh, jihadists. It has been really remarkable to see, and the Christians have benefited from it. We have the Yazidis, and the Christians are living in the same village where the Chinese are serving. The Chinese have benefited from it because we're able to serve in a relatively safe area of northern Iraq because of the security that is provided by the Kurdish fighters. Um so we are really thankful for the way that God has used them, um, the way that uh, God has moved in their people to provide the security that is needed. Now, we are going from checkpoint to checkpoint from one place to another. We've already been through four checkpoints um, this morning since I picked up our friends from the airport. I'm about ready to arrive at another checkpoint, so I do have to say goodbye for now, cutting this podcast a little bit shorter than I want to. But I just wanted to um, give an introduction uh, while on the road to all of our supporters out there as well as allow our good friend, our good pastor friend from China to say a few words about his vision And about the Chinese that are coming to serve here. So thank you once again for joining us for a Back to Jerusalem podcast. Again, I'm Eugene Bach coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of Iraq. Bless you guys.